Warning, this podcast contains serious and explicit content from the real-life stories that often involve horrific crimes committed against women, children, and men alike, to the language and comedic angle that the hosts bring to the table. This is a comedy podcast specifically focused on true crime events, and it is not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This discussion, a 44-year-old Canadian nurse is found dead. Her hands and feet are bound behind her back in a hogtie position. The toxicology reports show that she had a lethal dose of drugs in her system. However, her death is officially ruled undetermined, with many law enforcement officials believing it to be an accidental death slash suicide. Let's dive into the insane story of Cindy James. Welcome to We Didn't Do It. This is Greg, uh, a.k.a. Young Hank, and we've got... Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Feegs, a.k.a. Feegs. <laughs> and uh, this is Shamik, a.k.a. Shamiki Tiki, on basically fucking everything. All right, so I got my my notes, and this is going to get ridiculous. This is why I wanted to... You know, I, I might just keep packing and hitting the bowl, because... <laughs> and, like... You kind of almost have to be high. Like, I don't want you to be drunk because it's going to be like, you can be drunk. That's fine. Whatever. But like, if you're high, <laughs> like, this, th- yeah, yeah, this, this will just, if you're high, you're just going to hear this and be like, what? It just keeps going on with the ridiculousness of fucking incidents that this woman was reporting. So, yeah. So, all right. It's like an onion. (laughs) Fuck white women and your reporting of crimes. God damn, man. Just chill a little bit. Yeah, it is like an onion, actually. So, (laughs) all right. So, in June 1989, the quiet Vancouver, British Columbia suburb of Richmond was shocked when a body was found lying in the yard of an abandoned house. It was of 44-year-old nurse named Cindy James. She had been drugged and strangled, and her feet and hands were tied behind her back. The Royal Canadian oh. Mounted the Royal Canadian Mounted Police believed that her death was either an accident or a suicide, but they ruled it undetermined. In the seven years before she died, Cindy had reported nearly one hundred incidents of harassment. Five were physical uh, violent attacks. Over the t- over time though, the police began to doubt her stories. But Cindy's parents never doubted that her daughter was murdered. Cindy's father, uh, Cindy's father Otto, uh, quote, The police did not investigate the possibility of a homicide of somebody murdering her, but instead they zeroed in on trying to prove that she committed suicide. So now let's go back in time, catch up to this point. Cindy was born. Yo, we need a sound effect for that shit. Yo, whenever, like, whenever we do like a like a flashback, yeah. <laughs> I'll hit up uh, under one nation. That's our that's our producer. I'll hit him up. Shout out. Otherwise, I'll I'll make something myself. But I'll hit him up too. I'll just hit him up because I got so much other shit on my plate. I just want you know, if we if we give other people shit to do and, and contribute bro that's the key man just delegation. making the sound with your mouth would be funny yeah, <laughs> just like make it low budget we're recording yeah. super high quality <laughs> <laughs> the juxtaposition um, kind of would be fire yeah all right so cindy was born in 1945 this is where we got sidetracked with the old shit yeah yeah so, yeah 1945 exactly the month and day i don't know but early childhood, in, so because early childhood and teenage years were undocumented for the most part. <laughs> um, so I, what I do know is that Cindy, gradu- Cindy graduated from nursing school in 1966. She later became the administrator for a preschool for children with behavioral and emotional issues. She then married a man named Roy Makepeace, which is a very weird ra- uh, yeah. last name. 
So yeah, native is he an Inuit? Do you? I do not know. That, it should be though. Dude, uh, that, dude, dude, that's, that, that's, that's like a that's Native American name. That's a pretty fucking dope Native American last name. Yeah. If you're white, it just sounds stupid, though. Yes. Someone, someone in his ancestry in the past did something really great, but ultimately very temporary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so pretty Roy, much. Roy just make like the whole legacy of them. Roy Makepeace <laughs> was a doctor. <laughs> right. So, a witch uh, doctor? No, yeah. Roy Makepeace was a doctor, but... Uh, Cindy and Roy did not have any children of, of their own. Did she um, cut it? I don't know about that. Hold up. I'm gonna guess so. Roy could make peace, but he couldn't make babies. <laughs> he was shooting blanks. It's not his name. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Roy. Comes a lot. You know, that guy's uh, definitely out there somewhere. <laughs> you guys gotta see the most fucked up shit without fucking smoking weed dude i was choked. i was like holding it in just so I'm i like ghost it you know no it's fine it's just i would have laughed <laughs> tried not to though um but yeah so roy and her could not have any children of their own um I'm biologically just, yeah i just don't know why and I, don't fucking, probably... I don't fucking care either i hey, don't yo. fucking care dude, how old was she when she died 40 something right 44. 44 yeah yeah Shit, might have been her. Yeah, yeah, gang shit. (laughs) 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 Forty-four, yeah, yeah. Whoop whoop. All right. So on July first, nineteen eighty-two, that marriage ended. Cindy called it quits. That's a sixteen-year marriage with Roy. It's over, and and Cindy began living on her own for the first time in her entire life. So this kind of just just think about that. You know, maybe somebody who has very paranoid tendencies living on their own for the first time, right? Yeah, it could, so it could go, be a little scary. So just, you know, just have that in the back of your head. Um, so whatever. But the thing is that's weird is her and Roy, her ex-husband, they continued to like, it says continued to date. So they continued to fuck. Yeah. Which is a little weird. Super weird. Nah, it's definitely weird as shit. Like, why, dude, you why, why you got a divorce then? You know, like, just why not just work it out? Like, <laughs> if y'all still right. seeing each other. Right. So, October 12th, 1982, Cindy called Vancouver police to report several obscene and threatening phone calls. According to Tilly Hack, Cindy's mother, uh, she said that Cindy told her she didn't recognize the voice. Quote, she said it was just a voice. Sometimes it would change the sound, the pitch, and sometimes it would be whispering. Sometimes it was nothing, just silence. So that quote alone, mm, yeah, it's weird. a little fucking weird. It, it would change the sound, the pitch. Sometimes it was whispering and sometimes it's nothing. The fuck does that mean? So one day later, on October 13th, 1982, uh, Cindy reports mo- uh, more phone calls and a prowler. Someone oh, who, that's, a, who, that's a great word. Prowler? Yeah, yeah dude. It, it, it gives you like a good sense of danger, you know? Oh, yeah. Somebody with like a ski mask just fucking <laughs> like a... You know, like that dude that tried to break into your house, yo. Oh, yeah, kind of, dude. That, that was a prowler, creepy, for sure. Man. That's that's why I got my fucking security cameras. So you got your shotgun, shit. That too. <laughs> Shouts out to Matt. Shouts Boy, out Matt. to. Hey man, I'm kind of I'm kind of blown. You didn't get to blow someone away. Like, I was. Yeah, I they was never really came excited. back. They never came. Back. I wasn't even fucking bullshitting with that stuff. Like I was. I know. In the garage. Yeah. Dude, you posted videos of that shit happening. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I got. I forget what I said. I said I like. I got AIDS or a fucking shotgun, you pick, or some shit like that. <laughs> You're like, I have AIDS and a shotgun, you pick. I was yeah. like, what? Yeah, man, I was high as shit, dude. Uh, you know, that's a good threat. Out. I, I didn't even have trust. a shotgun at that point. I was fucking unarmed. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, I'm not. I would have rather gotten shot dead ass. Yeah, I know. Um, Alright, so where are we at here? Oh, yeah, the, the phone calls. So... Them dating um, still, even though they're... Yep, so yeah, them dating, the phone calls. So October 13th, one day after the phone calls, Cindy reported more of them and a prowler, someone who attempted to open the back door of her rented house. 
Uh, Cindy told her friend Agnes, quote, she told me many times that whoever was making the phone calls and attempting to break in did not want to kill her, but she felt that she wanted or he wanted to scare her to death. Uh, so Cindy told her friend Agnes, quote, another old person her, name, by the way, Agnes, yeah, like, like Del- Dolores. That's true. Yeah. Umbridge. You ever meet a fucking young Dolores? Fuck Hell no, dude. Dude, dude that's a good up. rap name. Young right. Dolores? Young Dolores. Are you fucking kidding me now? You, you saw Agnes's full name, right? No, what's Agnes's full name? Woodcock. <laughs> Stop! No! Yeah. Are you No, you're dead ass. Dead, dead ass. ass. Agnes Woodcock. Oh my god. Yo, you gotta add this to your list of names, Greg. Yeah. Young Dolores, aka Agnes Woodcock. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Young Dolores on the mic. Yeah. Yeah, Agnes, hey, Woodcock, Agnes Woodcock. What it do, baby? <laughs> All right, anyway, so, anyway, Agnes so, yeah, Woodcock. So Cindy, Cindy told Agnes. She told me many times that whoever was making the phone calls and attempting to break in to her house uh, did not want to kill her, but instead wanted to scare her to death. Which is a like, weird assumption for Cindy to make. He doesn't want to kill me. He yeah, how would you know it. that? I don't know. Why she would you assume that? She, she, she obviously didn't because she was wrong. She was murdered. Yeah, you're right. Fuck. It's a misdiagnosis. Yeah, you know, yeah. fucking dumbass. So two days after Should that. Should she even have been in the medical field? I don't know, man. <laughs> so two, day, two days after the, the break-in. On October 15th, Cindy reported that a rock had been thrown her through her kitchen window. Uh, later that week... On she reported October, to who? The cops? Yeah. Okay. On October 9th, this is where all of these 100 incidents basically come into play. Perfect. So later that, week, month. later that week on October 19th, Cindy reported that somebody had entered her home and slashed her pillow. Oh! She discovered this only when she turned... Down her bed sheets. That's the wording of this article. I yeah, don't no, that know makes what sense. that means. No, it just basically down. means she, she was changing her sheets, bro. This is like it's like a typical like word that okay. it's like an old time. It just it's gotcha. what the fucking hotels and shit use. Gotcha. So responding officer Pat McBride suggested that Roy make peace. Hey, maybe it's your ex husband, right? And Cindy was like, Hell no. It's I'm still him. fucking him. He has a key here. Blah yeah. blah. She's like, Might he Sean Don. She's, she's like, he actually might have been Sean Don. He actually told me to call the police, is what she said. Sean Don. <laughs> <laughs> took me a minute there. Um, on October 21st of 1982, a personal favor was done by Officer McBride, and he installed <laughs> deadbolts. He installed dead deadbolts onto Cindy's doors. Yo, he fucked her, right? Come on, is he that fucked not her. standard it's in said, Canada? It's said, it, it, is it that friendly said, of a place? It said that he had been visiting her daily. So. Oh, yeah, he fucked her. He fucked her. He fucked her, yo. Come on, man. What do you mean personal favor? <laughs> like, yo, what kind of cop goes around <laughs> people's houses? Is like, hey, buddy, you know what you need? Safety. Deadbolts. Some fucking deadlock. I'm going to be here every day making sure no one touches you. No, dude, that's weird as shit. But me. Yo, at, w- once again, we, we got a cop in the center of being weird. Just like the last couple of minisodes. Yeah. And this is the full length one. This is a full length one. All right, um, keep going. Keep going. So where are we at here? So, cop yeah, so he, he visit. Yeah, he visited her daily on October 30th, which is my birthday. But this is eight years before I was... Born, uh, a note assembled. Uh, uh, wow, a note assembled from cutout letters is found on Cindy's porch, and the note said, which I have on my desktop here. Dude, this shit is da, so cliche. I see you. I see you. So clandestine. Send her a note, a cutout note from magazine. Yeah, it says, I see you. Back when magazines are still a thing. Yo, it doesn't happen even, anymore. You can do that now. It's actually be scarier if someone sent you a note oh, cut out of magazines. Yeah. It's like, yo, how many subscriptions you have, bitch? Yeah, you've been saving these <laughs> joints up to send yeah, me a letter. This person is absolutely mental. And no, it's I, fucking I, I, terrifying. I'll be terrified. Terrified. If you got the patience to go through multiple magazines to cut out letters, bro, what the fuck, man? Just text me. Yeah. Like, All right. So, So here's the thing. Uh, so that was on October 30th. 
on Halloween, guess who moves in with Cindy? The Peace. fucking officer. Pat no. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely fucking her. Definitely fucking yeah, her. Yeah, definitely fucking her. Absolutely. So he moved in with her. What was um, his name again? McBride? Pat McBride. Pat McBride. Yeah, fucking piece of so, shit. <laughs> early of November of that same year, uh, McBride discovers Roy Makepeace patrolling the alley behind Cindy's house. And Roy is <laughs> <laughs> armed with a handgun and a rifle. Of course he is. How is he going to use both at once? <laughs> I don't fucking know. What an idiot. I'm gonna so, co- I have one shot each because I can't cock either of them. <laughs> uh, it's, it's some Call of Duty shit, man. Like, you know, once it gets close quarters, you can't reload and pull the handgun. Yo, by the way, this is the, f- like, I have all these notes, but a lot of them I just copied and pasted, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. So this is me also, like, learning about the story for the first time. Oh, perfect, because same here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm learning as you talk right now, so... Okay. You just say oh. you just found a cracker. <laughs> I just found a cracker and I put it. In I heard that mouth. crunch too. <laughs> I just like I was just like ooh a cracker. And was it, it a Ritz? <laughs> it was a Ritz, dude. Boom! Damn. Fuck yeah! That's How that good. Know, good. That's that like, buttery, buttery, yo. Yeah, I was on my counter and I'm like, ooh, that, that looks good. <laughs> All right, so so yeah, early November. Pat McBride discovers Roy Makepeace patrolling the alley behind her house with the handgun and the rifle. Mid-November of... So that's the same month. Mid-November. Wait, so he didn't do shit about it? Mm-mm, no. What a pussy! There's nothing that happened after that. Okay. So he just saw him? They, so we don't, they, they, we don't they, know what Roy was doing there? No. It doesn't say shit. Okay. Out of out of anything that I have, it doesn't say shit. They probably got into an argument or something. He's like, dude, I'm just fucking walking. I around. always hope they got into an argument. That's be the most pussy ass shit ever. Yo, if if you pull up with two guns, right? Even though you yeah. can't use them in the fullest, and you don't even talk to the dude scanning your house, you're a fucking bitch. They probably talked to him. Yeah. I, I he probably said something. Oh well, it should it should have escalated to more than the talk, especially if it was if it was the chick your fucking's ex. Who right. she was also fucking after it became not her ex. Yeah. You know, that's a weird situation. And when she caused yeah. all the cops, you know. Exactly. Times and exactly. And also, it's kind uh, of ironic that her, her dude, uh, Mr. Makepeace, is the one that told her to call the cops. And he cucked himself because now she's fucking a cop. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's true. Cuckhole season in full effect. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Bipolar Beat. Shots, yeah, Brian. <laughs> you already, you know. You already Everybody know. Knows. Alright, so mid-November, the phone calls resume. Cindy finds a picture of a corpse clipped from a book titled Malpractice under the <laughs> under the windshield of her car. Her phone lines are cut in five places. Police find... You only need one cut! Yeah, they, f- they fucking cut them five places. Uh, police what are you gonna do? Find... Like, sew them back together? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> police found no clues. Okay, uh, so that's mid November. That was mid November, December first. So none of those were clues. <laughs> so December first, uh, Pat McBride moves out of the house. So the cop moves out because Cindy kicked him out. Oh, okay. They She's continue- a strong, independent woman. They continue the date though, and she, he- she got a pattern, man. And she and he kept his key. So he moved out, but he has a key, and he's and they continue to date. So he didn't move out. <laughs> you can't move out if you got a key. Yeah, January of uh, the next year, 1983, the phone company installed a tap on Cindy's phone. Some calls are traced to an outlying Vancouver. Why? Uh, because of the phone calls that she kept getting. Oh, okay. So she like, like consist- she wanted to like, be tapped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So consistently okay, cool, 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 cool. from the. First couple, whatever, um, the 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 phone calls are just they're, they're continuing to happen. All no, no, I got you. I, know. I, was, I was just wondering under whose jurisdiction she got her shit tapped, but yeah, it was no, I think, under I her own. It, so cool. yeah, yeah. So her phone lines. Let me get that fucking food out of my mouth. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like wanted to eat, but I'm like I'll I'll wait for a break or something. So her phone lines are cut in five places. So blah blah blah. So all right. Um, he moves out, keeps the key. 
the phone company installs a tap on so January 1983 the phone company installs a tap on Cindy's phone some calls some calls are traced to an outlying Vancouver exchange but no spe- uh, specific information is obtained from the brief calls Dude, doesn't January, the Vancouver exchange sound like a gay bar a little bit right yeah or like a a bank maybe <laughs> <laughs> Or a drug <laughs> Yo, what a juxtaposition. It sounds like some Silk Road shit. It's either a fucking, sh- you know, something gay or a bank. <laughs> and it literally, literally makes oh, sense if you look oh at it in both gosh. ways. So. All right. Um, so, yeah, it's either one of those. So, January 4th. Uh... Yeah. January 4th, 1983, more disturbing pictures arrive in the mail. And Pat McBride finds a note from cutout letters on Cindy's lawn. The pictures are of corpses, knives, women with their faces scratched out, and the letters contain menacing words and fra- uh, phrases like mangled pulp and <laughs> dead. Wait it's a like second. A, it's like mad Mangled <laughs> pulp? When have you ever been so mad that you said, I'm going to turn this bitch into some mangled pulp? Well, Where do you even find these pictures? Dude, I don't, I don't even Were know. they all from medical journals? What does that even mean? Yeah, I don't know, pulp, man. Like, pulp that is just fucking... I don't know. Like, It's not really a threat. It's a threat. I mean, like... Dead is a threat. Clearly it was because she's dead, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, if, if, someone, if someone came to you like, I'm going to turn you into medical pulp, he's mangled. Oh, even that. I wonder what I wouldn't be too scared about Dude, it. Dude, mangled pulp, like flesh all mangled. Yeah, you'd be like, how are you going to do that? Oh, the hammer or an axe. Or... Yeah. That'd be no, pretty fucking no, scary. There's no way we're doing a Minnesota after this because we're like 20% into this. <laughs> yeah. this I'm just saying, yo, it, Greg, if, if, you, if you got a letter saying I'm going to turn you into mangled pulp, would you be scared? Uh, Wait. If I got uh, repeat that one if more. If you were in this bitch's position, I'm oh, sorry, lady's yep. position. That doesn't uh, matter anymore. <laughs> we lost got, all credibility after Kaneka. It's fine. Yeah, we'll yeah. Talk. yeah. Uh, bet. <laughs> Fuck it. So if you're in this bitch's position and you and you get a letter that says I'm gonna turn you into mango pop on scale on a scale of one to ten, how scared are you? Uh, maybe a two. That's what I'm saying. It's not that scary. Yeah, but we're also guys. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But you just can't even walk to the car without being scared. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, like when you think about it, like if there's a guy sitting in these letters, I mean, just physiologically, he statistically has to have at least thirty to forty pounds on oh, you. All right, hold on. Let me just find. Where and she's fucking herself because she makes terrible choices, and guys clearly. Yeah. Oh yeah. So her phone lines are cut. In five places, McBride moves out. At bro, why would you just not leave your house immediately, like, bro? If my house's phone lines ever got cut, I'd be like, okay. I'm not going to stay here because someone yeah. is fucking me. But that's also someone who can probably track it to the new place, too. All oh, right. Mangled pulp. Okay, that's where we're at. <laughs> so, January 27th, 1983 is the first major incident. Cindy is found unconscious in her garage. She tells police she had answered a knock at her back door and a man grabbed her. He dragged her to her garage where a second man was waiting. Um... One of them slashed her hand with a knife and knotted a black stocking tightly around her neck, causing Cindy to pass out. Cindy has over a dozen cuts made by a scalpel or a uh, some other sharp instrument, and it's all over her arms and her legs. There are no serious injuries, though uh, Cindy has, a, uh, has vague memories of being raped with a knife. So that happened, I guess. Well, that's a lot. After the attack, Cindy received $4,250 from the criminal injury section of the Workers' Compensation Board. She moves back into the home. I guess. She moves back into the home that she shared with Roy Makepeace during their marriage. Uh, Parentheses, Roy moved out. It's part of my notes. Would do it. Does that mean he moved out or like he yeah, wink, no, he wink, out. moved yeah. out? 
Yeah, I know he moved out, apparently. Well, he still has the keys. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> yo, so, yo, this bitch like, this, this trifling. <laughs> yeah. So oh, February man. of 1983, David Boyer Smith, the veteran officer in charge of investigation, believes that Roy Makepeace is terrorizing his ex-wife. He also believes that Cindy is withholding information, so he arranges for her to take a polygraph exam. Because those mean she, something. She miserably fails it. Uh, she also fails the second exam. She confesses that she recognized one of the men who attacked her in January, but refuses to name him for fear that he will go after her family. Okay. What? Yeah. But okay, but if she identifies him, and then it checks out, and he goes to jail, how's he? Right. I mean, that that part doesn't make sense. Who knows? Maybe maybe it's like you know the same way you don't snitch on people in gangs. You send that guy to jail, but then he's got. You know, a whole group of other dudes on the outside that know. Yeah, but you got raped with a knife, bro. Yeah, rape with a knife. It's like, yo, you got snitch, yo. That's why, you know, maybe she didn't snitch. I mean, there's lots of reasons why you wouldn't snitch on someone. And why you'd be, you know, worried about your family's well-being if you did. I get that, but at the same time, like, oh, man, like, she had multiple opportunities to, like, let the police know what the fuck is happening. She 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 made 100 calls. Not with detail, apparently, because she wasn't snitching on people. I'm just saying, you know, think about it like, you know, realistically. No, there's a reason why she probably didn't. I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck happened. I and I think you. that's a pretty good, you know, like a point worth considering. But whatever she did clearly didn't work out for her. So I wouldn't do that. I would, I would be snitching all day. Okay. Well, she says she's trying to protect her family, not herself. Dude, mm, she that's doesn't true. have a family. Oh, she doesn't have a family. She doesn't have a family? She doesn't have any kids or nothing. Well, yeah, but, like, you know, I don't have any kids. I still have a family. Oh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess so. Since since I am mentioning her, her father and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's We haven't heard about her mom. Where Where's that I shit? Was, I was looking at it because, like, normally when people say that in, like, these cases that I've read recently, it's always, like, I don't want them to come against my kids. And, yeah. Um, at the same you know, time, she has she has, a, she, she has like sisters, cousins. Oh yeah, yeah, no. And no. at the same time, you know, her saying that implies that whoever did it probably is somewhat closer. Because they, so they might know her. Yeah, family. yeah, no, that makes sense. Because it's sense. all extended family. It sounds like so. It sounds like someone who knows her intimately and has probably met those people, which again puts either McPeace or Cat McCop. Yeah, McFay. In the crosshairs. Yeah. So in, in in spring of that, so I mean, yeah. So in spring of that year, 1983, Cindy moves out for the third time in less than a year. April 14th, 1983, the phone calls resume. <laughs> Late April of so just two weeks later, Cindy moves again for a fourth time. So this is fucking chaotic, dude. Yeah, dude, bro. Uh, at this point, you you gotta tell. You gotta tell, man. Yeah, June to July. You know, that's only two, two, three months later. Cindy visits her brother in Jakarta. What? Why was he in Jakarta? What the fuck is that? It's Where in Indonesia. That? That's, yeah, that's like on the other side of Earth. That's in fucking Asia, bro. It's Indonesia. That's like, that's literally. Let's, let's like, say there's a Jakarta in the United States. Nah, no way. No, that's all. No, saying. yeah, it's, 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 there's only one and it it's, is in Indonesia. It's, in, it's fucking Indonesia. Why the fuck was that dude there? I have no idea. Um, it's a place you're only going if you're and, running from something. And you, and you know what? Or, or Bali. You, you know what? Make yeah. peace. Make peace. Paid for that trip. So Dude, this, paid, this this is a weird fucking situation, yeah. man. Yeah. Make, <laughs> so Roy make peace paid for that fucking trip. So Roy make peace like just logically was still fucking. Probably yeah. Bro, are you paying for a bitch's vacation that you're not no. fucking? Uh, that's that's weird. why I said probably, bro. No, no, pro- more than probably like that. That's like a yo. That is almost definitely happening. Yeah. Or some. Yeah, unless like she, unless she's like blackmailing me or some shit. Exactly. Yeah, maybe yeah so though, Oh, maybe she's toxic. Maybe she's a problem. Nah, yeah. it's definitely right. <laughs> it might be. So August, August twenty seventh. Uh, well, he didn't August. go with her. No, I don't think so. It doesn't say. It says she visited her brother and that he paid for it. It doesn't I'm, say anything I'm, I'm else. Patient. 
Mm-hmm. Um, August 22nd, 1983, letters begin arriving at Cindy's workplace. Blenheim House. Don't know what that is. Like Jew- is that like a Jewish bakery? More skin. Like right? Blenheim <laughs> House. Is it, they're just making like hella unleavened bread out there or some shit? <laughs> Matzah. Yeah. Is it, is it a yeah, soup yeah, kitchen? So, a letters, kitchen? Let, so threatening letters begin arriving there. Uh, October 15th. 1983, a strangled cat is found in Cindy's garden with a note, you're next. Was it her cat? <laughs> no, it was just a random cat. Oh, that, that could mean like two different things. It could mean like, y'all about to kill you, or it could also mean y'all about to beat that pussy up. Yeah, or I'm about to get some bomb-ass <laughs> sex, bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, it might be romantic. It might be romantic shit. <laughs> so It's not. Two weeks, two weeks it, later, something... Clink, clink. So two weeks after the cat was found in her garden, somebody destroyed her entire fucking garden. Uh, since How big was it? I don't know. Probably like tw- 12 by 20 feet or some shit like that. Something like a typical garden in the corner of a yard, you know? That's what I'm assuming. Apartment? I think she had a house. Oh, okay, okay. So she had like a front yard and shit. I'm just figuring out the square footage she was working with, man. Shit. This, if my garden this was only like, like two so, plants, I wouldn't be that upset. Uh, so Cindy insists that Makepeace wouldn't have done this. Five years later, she will write in a journal that she did suspect her ex- ex-husband because he had once destroyed her garden. <laughs> <laughs> In a previous <laughs> location. So. Yo, what? Is this bitch 16? She's writing in a fucking diary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so McBride finds Dear another... Dear diary, make peace was not making peace. Yeah. <laughs> fucking dumbass. So the cop, they're, no, they're not together, but he's still over there. He finds another note on Cindy's porch following four days... So, followed four days later by another strangled cat. Yeah, where is this then, bitch if she's not finding the nose meant for her? Yeah, and there's another strangled cat. Who found another, it? The cop, McBride. Car. Yeah, he keeps finding the notes. Yeah, that's weird too. Why does yeah. this motherfucker keep finding the notes? Yeah, he's probably writing them, pulling out of his pocket. Hey, he's probably murdering the cats. Look what he's I found on my desk. <laughs> Yo, Cynthia, oh not gonna believe Someone's this shit. <laughs> Yeah. Alright, so McBride convinces Cindy to hire his friend, private investigator Ozzy. Ozzy Cabin. It's actually Cabin, but. Ozzy Cabin? It's such a white way to say it. Is that really his name? It's Ozzy Cabin, yeah, but you could say Cabin, so I was. But Ozzy, I'm gonna just say Ozzy, man, it's Ozzy. So Ozzy. Cabin, Cabin. Yeah, so Ozzy was hired. Uh, oh, and uh, in November 1983, Cindy's phone lines are cut again. January 30th, 1984, second major incident. 6 p.m. of that night, Cindy phones Ozzy for help. He kicks in her door 15 minutes later. Why? To find Cindy on the floor, a paring knife stabbed through her left hand with a threatening note in her palm. And uh, a black stocking is knotted tightly around her neck. She had been struck on the head. There is a needle mark in her right arm. There's no substances found in her system later on. Cindy Cindy cannot remember the uh, attack. And there are no clues and no strong suspects. So, again, she was found with her left hand, uh, a knife going all the way through her left hand with a note. She got staked uh, like Jesus through the hand. Yep. Mm. Okay. Uh, a black stocking is around her neck, and she had a needle mark in her right arm that was barely bleeding, but it was visible that it was just right, made. Son. At this point, wouldn't police protection like or surveillance be like like mandatory? Like, like, dude, now it's not hypothetical. It's not like magazine letters. Like, this bitch got stabbed through the hand. I wonder what home surveillance was like back then. Probably not shit, bro. Yeah, yeah probably most okay, of so, was garbage so, back then. So there's no other clues or suspects other than Makepeace because he was kind of around there that day. Cindy tells police that Makepeace threatened to beat her when they were married and that he pledged to end their dating relationship like her and um, the fucking... McBride. Um, McBride, McBride. Uh, so Valentine's Day 1984, which is 
Auspicious. So about three three months later from from that incident, uh, Roy Makepeace is questioned for nearly six hours by police. Roy claims that uh, he claims to be as baffled by the incidents, um, you know, as Cindy is. But he offers up a theory. So he offers up a theory that Cindy's work with troubled children has invoked the anger of a family with organized crime ties. Okay, that doesn't make sense to me Wait, at all. What? Wait, what? Yep, that. So that, she, you know how what? she was a nurse and then she worked with 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 yeah. families. Hey, yo, 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 yo! Time out, time out. Roy Makepeace is old as fuck, yo. Look at this. Look at this shit, bro. Look right, at this shit. As in, how old is he? Back in the eighties. Yeah. Cause remember, this bitch was born in nineteen forty-five. So if Roy oh, Makepeace, he was born nineteen twenty-six. Okay. Oh, wow. He's old as shit. He's Mm -hmm. old. He's an old boy. He died in 2013, though. Good. Um, So, so Roy claims. Oh, yeah. He's been into young bitches forever. Yeah. Yes. Is that not her? No, I don't think that's her. She's blonde. Kind of ugly, though. Oh no, that is her. Yeah, the picture was like her and him and a blonde chick. So I was like, mm, oh, that's no, her. that's totally her. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit. Yo, there's like there, there, this chick's online, man. Oh, this is in Spanish. I can't read that. It's in Mexican, man. It's in Mexican. Wait, I, I I can read it. Oh, can you? <laughs> okay, so what's it say? Sharon, es escrito con sangre. Okay. So. What the fuck does that mean? So that's ri- that's ridden with blood. Really? Yeah. Are you serious? I'm dead ass. I'm gonna click on this. I watch a lot of foreign films, man. You pick up things like little words and stuff. Con is with sangre is, oh, this you know, sense. blood, and then escrito. Oh, Escrito's totally also written sense. in French. Oh, that totally makes sense. Look at that. Look at that font. It's written in blood. Yeah. Damn, Eric. So el website de los assassinos. So the website of yeah, assassins of dude. the assassins. Feeds with that shit, bro. What the multicultural ass. This is gonna be our longest and weirdest episode ever. No, it's good. This is a good episode. I'm enjoying the fuck out of this shit right now. <laughs> this is all uh, Spanish. That's a lot. Oh yeah. fuck! And no, not not as too much. All right. So March 2019. Anyway, he's old as fuck. That that's the point I was trying to make. Oh okay. Yeah yeah for sure. So March 29th, 1984, Cindy undergoes a third polygraph exam. This time she passes. Um, summer, summer <laughs> of the 19... SATs. Yeah, summer of 1984. Dad, I got a 1400. <laughs> yeah. And we summer... ten thousand dollars on this tutor. <laughs> what a dumb bitch. Uh, summer 1984. The harassment intensifies. Phone calls at Cindy's home and work cut. Phone wires still. Broken windows. Cindy is losing weight and withdrawing from uh, her social life and her work hours. She's just starting to fucking lose it. Uh, June 18th, 1984, Cindy triggers the personal alarm that Ozzy had given her after finding her uh, back door partially opened. Inside the house... (laughs) Inside the house, Ozzy found a sexually explicit birthday note. And a Rothman cigarette butt. What quote, the not, fuck is that? I don't know, but it's not Cindy's brand. Uh, Cindy's small dog Heidi, which is a <laughs> stupid fucking name for even a human. Uh, but anyway, so Cindy's small dog Heidi had been tied to a kitchen table, and the same type of string used to strangle. Oh, with the same type of string used to strangle uh, the cats that have been found. Uh-huh. So, so her dog was tied. At, it, it was beaten, but it wasn't dead, so... Like John Wick's dog, that was dead for sure. Yo, Rothman cigarettes... Like <laughs> so Rothman cigarettes are just old-ass, like, king-size cigarettes, that's it. That's crazy. Gotcha. That's it. Yeah, so it wasn't what she was smoking. Yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't interesting Rothman cigarettes, they are cigarettes. Yep, they're just cigarettes. God damn it. Oh, they're cheap cigarettes. What were you expecting them to be? Oh, no, I thought there was some cool shit, man. Like, I never heard that company before. It's Canada. <laughs> oh, keep forgetting. Okay. Everything is, everything Redacted. Is it is. Everything is a little. Redacted. Uh, that's their culture, man. Yeah. That's why. That's why the army used to Swiss pocket knives like fucking idiots. All right. So, 
Uh, let's see. Let's see. So, okay. So, late June to early July 1984, a fourth cat is found dead. Also strangled. <laughs> uh, July 3rd, 1984, a third ma- major incident uh, at 8.30 p.m. on that day. Sydney Joe, is each cat not considered a major incident? I guess not. What? Not really. You know, I remember really. this was like the around around the time where like, you know, serial killer profiling was like new. It's like Mindhunter era shit. Oh, got you. I'm just saying, like, if I had any dead thing show up in my yard with a note, I'd be like, e, this is incident. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so on July 3rd, 1984, the third major incident at 8.30 p.m., Cindy notified Ozzy that um, she will be walking Heidi, the dumbass dog, in Dunbar Park. Three and a half hours later, Cindy knocks on a stranger's door and collapses. A black stocking knotted tight around her neck. The last thing she remembers is being stopped on the street by a bearded man and a blonde woman in a dark green van. The man had asked her for directions. The fuck is this case, man? There are now there are now two needle marks in Cindy's arm, but no drugs are in her system again. Uh, under questioning, Cindy is confused and incoherent. Uh, so that was July. August. Uh, at Ozzy's suggestion, uh, suggestion, Cindy un- undergoes hyp- hypnosis to help her recall details of the most recent abduction. Hypnotist Hal Booker is unable to recover any information. October 2nd, 1984, during Cindy's second hypnosis session, she declares that she had once witnessed a double murder. She cannot and will not provide details. Oh. Two, days, two days later, on October 4th, 1984, Cindy and Ozzy confront the police investigators about the lack of progress on the case, threatening to take political action or uh, go to the press. The detectives, now led by Chris, not even going to try to say his last name, it is super fucking Swedish or some shit. It's Chris B. So the detectives now led by Chris B. explain that there are simply uh, no more leads in the case. By this point, all of Cindy's co-workers and supporters uh, have been investigated. Interpol had looked into Roy's background. And police had secretly staked out Cindy's house for days without seeing anything suspicious. December 1984, after a quiet autumn... Uh, the phone calls pick up again. January of 1985, during her third hypnosis uh, session, uh, fucking Chris B. and Boyer Smith ask Cindy... Who the fuck is Boyer Smith? Oh, this is Lawyer Smith. I was like... <laughs> no, Boyer. Boyer Smith. Who the fuck is that? I'm looking back because I want... If I don't know it, then you guys won't know it. Right. Not to be confused. Let's do some Boyer Smith. quick searches. Boyer, like B-O-W-Y-E-R? Yeah. Chris... Chris... What? Well, he must be a detective that they didn't introduce in this. Hey, it looks like he's a veteran officer, so he's on the police force. Okay. All right, so that makes sense. So, so Chris B. and Boyer Smith, who's an officer, ask Cindy questions. She reveals during the nineteen and uh, during a 1981 yacht trip with Roy, he murdered and dismembered a young couple on Flamby Island. That's what she said. January 1985, Roy dismembered a young couple uh, on Thormanby Island. The detectives learn that Cindy's sister, Melanie, who was also on the trip, <laughs> noticed nothing. <laughs> what, is, what, what, what is this case, dude? Yeah, so... This is such a mind no, fuck. So police find no evidence of that crime. Okay, so Ju- June 21st, 1985, Cindy overdoses on pills. An apparent suicide attempt. She is released from the hospital a week later. Uh, after promising to stay with her brother, she <laughs> what the fuck? she goes home alone instead. What is this fucking? You don't let somebody out of the fucking hospital with like by themselves after they try to kill themselves. Yeah, that's not how it works. 
June 27, 1985, Cindy's phone lines are cut again. She had ignored the phone company's recommendation to have the wires encased in protective plastic. July 1985, a week-long police stakeout compromised 14 strike force officers. uh, Oh, oh, sorry. A a week-long police stakeout compromise of 14 strike force officers is conducted on Cindy and Roy. The, op- uh, the officers observed nothing. Mid-July 1985, Cindy reports a silent phone call to the police. She's apparently unaware that the phone call was recorded by the phone company and that this recording indicated that she had dialed her own number. What the fuck? July 27th, 1985, Cindy receives a cosmetic case full of rancid meat in the mail. Okay. August 5th, 1985, Cindy reports that the first of three arsons are at her home. Uh, A basement window is open, but there are no signs of forced entry. August 6th, so one day later, second arson. Chris B. begins to suspect that Cindy isn't being completely honest. And asks that Detective Carol Halliday reviews the case... And gives him his uh, gives her the uh, opinion on it. Halliday concludes that Cindy is staging the incidents herself. This had been suspected for a long fucking time. Forever, shit. I would have suspected yeah. that shit at this point, bro. August twenty first, nineteen eighty five. The third arson. Again, the open window doesn't appear to have been forced. Dust and cobwebs are undisturbed. Cindy receives over $9,500 from her uh, insurance company for the damages. December 1st, 1985, Cindy moves to Vancouver, a suburb of Richmond. Uh, December 11th, 1985, the fourth major incident. Cindy is found wandering around a pond near a university campus without shoes or a coat after going missing during her lunch break. Again... A fucking black stocking is knotted around her throat. There's a needle mark in her fucking arm. Incoherent and confused, she's unable to remember anything about the incident. Weird. Doesn't that shit seem the most fake to you? Yes. Uh, Detective Hall. Now I'm starting to realize why the fucking cop said it was a suicide. Did you see the shit about the autopsy? Not yet, dude. I'm not even there yet. Oh, okay. I'm trying to try to get through this because this is fucking annoying me. Keep right going, now. yeah. Detective Holiday can consults far, uh, psychiatrist Anthony Marcus, and Marcus renders the opinion that Cindy engineered the harassment herself. Police declined to press criminal mischief, uh, mischief charges if Cindy agrees to enter therapy, which she does not. Instead, she continues informal sessions with an unlicensed therapist named Connolly. Okay. So for the first time since the incidents began, Cindy is surrounded by more doubters than believers. Her parents... <laughs> her parents... What the fuck is this? You know, it's oh, a funny way of saying people think she's full of shit. Yeah. Her parents, Ozzy, and a handful of close friends remain convinced that someone else is harassing Cindy, but police no longer believe that shit. Uh, April 15th, 1986, yet another fire. Um... Is, you know, starts outside of her house. Roy, uh, um, Cindy accuses Roy of starting the fire, unaware that he was in South fucking Africa at the time, <laughs> hanging out with fucking uh, Brother Nature. No, what was it? What's the Russian dude? <laughs> oh, what was Russian dude's name? Fuck. Dmitry Scheinman or whatever. Oh yeah, Dmitry Scheinman. Matt 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 was a convert. He had joined the yeah. church. I gotta release Sarah Fox before this one now. Alright, so Cindy is evicted from her house. Depressed and suicidal, she gives a six month leave of absence. She's given a six month leave of ab- absence from work. That's, a, that's all you gotta do? Wow. Wanna kill yourself? Dude, I should do that like. Yeah, dude, what yeah. the fuck? It's a, a six month vacation? Yeah, well, why y'all harass me? I bet. Yeah. April 1980. Uh, 1986, uh, on therapist Conley's advice, Doug Hack, uh, which I believe is Cindy's dad, uh, uh, commits her to the hospital. 
where RCMP psychologists review Cindy's case files and classes the attacks and arsons are psychotic behaviors on the part of Cindy. Dr. Soon Moo <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, psycho- and psychologist Ken Guarantee Dur- she is Korean. Durkle, yeah, of course. Durkle. Dude, I knew an Asian girl named So Young. I was like, that's kind of funny, dude. That's a great, so young. That's a great cash money name. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. So, so young on the mic. Yeah. So Dr. Soon Moo and psychologist Ken Durkle reached the same conclusion that um, Cindy's fucking nuts. Psychiatrist Wesley Friesen believed Conley's insistence that the harassment was real hampered Cindy's treatment. And consider it possible that Cindy could kill herself and stage it to look like a murder so that Roy Makepeace was to be blamed. Conley Is that what fucking happened? Kind of. I don't know yet. So July 15th, 1986, Cindy is released from the psychiatric ward and enters therapy with Dr. Friesen. She shows marked improvement throughout the summer. September 1986, Cindy buys a house in Richmond. October 1986, though the harassment has seemingly ceased, Cindy changes her last name to James. Uh, November 1986. Wait, wait, time out, time out, time out, time out. So she she didn't move, right? She didn't do shit. She just changed her last name. Uh, well, she 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 bought a house in Richmond, so she did move. But she was already harassed after she moved, though, right? Uh, no, it said the the harassment has ceased. So no, not yet. So even though her, even though harass the harassment stopped, she still changed her name. Um, and then November, she was fired from the Blenheim house for poor work performance. She had worked there since 1975. Damn! That sucks, dude. That's 11 years. Yo, that must have been the shitty-ass combo. Yeah. Bitch, you've been here for over a decade. It's over. Yeah. That sucks. So this is a blow to her. She had loved working with children. However, she gets back on her feet by taking uh, refresher courses in nursing. She is hired at Richmond General in August of 1987. Late August 1987, Cindy reports a broken window and that her window was pried open. First week of September 1987, Cindy reports a hole cut in her window. February 1988, Cindy reports her basement door is broken. October 26, 1988, fifth major incident at midnight, Cindy triggers the alarm given to her by Ozzy. He finds her in the garage partially nude with a black stocking knotted around her fucking neck. Again? You always the fifth time, man. This is literally the fifth time. God. Her hands and her feet are bound behind her in another stocking, and she says she had been grabbed from behind while getting out of the car. Okay. So about six, seven months pass. April 1989, a threatening note and a break-in attempt occur. May 1989, Cindy tells Ozzy that she wants to install an afraid alarm in Infrared? Infrared. There you go. <laughs> 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 Fucking high shit. Install an infrared uh, alarm system in her backyard so she can uh, shoot any intruders. She also tells him that she is ready to talk, implying that she had been uh, withholding information. So this was May of 1989. Bro, this bitch, man. Early God, May. Early, yeah. May 26, Cindy begins a five-day vacation from her job at Richmond General. She does various uh, errands, including buying a birthday gift for her s- for a friend's son and getting a makeover. When the Woodcocks, who are her friends, arrive to play bridge uh, with her at 10 p.m., her car is still gone. They find it in the parking lot at a local Safeway. June 8, 1989, a, r- a road maintenance worker finds Cindy's body. Oh. Near an abandoned house off of Blundell Road, roughly one mile from where her car was parked. She is lying on her side, on the ground, fully clothed, with her hands and feet bound behind her back in a hog tie. There are needle marks in one arm. An autopsy reveals she died from an overdose of morphine. And the death is ultimately determined to be unknown. 
likely accidental death or suicide. So that's that's a fucking a crazy case of Cindy James. Dude, what the fuck did we just go through right now? Yeah, man. All right. That's, so now this is, this is the hardest that, one that we've that we've covered so far. Like, so like trying to like come to any sort of conclusion. Dude, no bullshit. I like I don't even know what to say about this. I think she's fucking. I think she staged it herself, dude. I like like hearing about this. Her being hogtied behind her back yeah. with with black shit five times. Five like times, black, yo, dude. And they didn't do anything to her like just, five just, times. Dude, and just all the incidents of her being quote unquote threatened. Like, bro, if someone's trying to kill you. That guy threatened you five yeah. times, wow. man. How, how are you gonna get threatened for over seven years? Come on, bro. Are you she serious? Went, yeah, I, I think she went too far. Yeah, at, at what point did this guy make the decision he wants to kill you? Yeah, like, what, like, after, what, what, what was the trigger? After seven years, like, oh, you've been fucking your ex-husbands too many times. Now it's over. Like, dude, this bitch is full of shit. Or had anything to do with her seeing two murders. Like, at this point, she hasn't snitched. It's been seven years. Why all of a sudden, after she's moved? And changed her name. Like, and the consistency of the black stocking. That's weird. That's super weird, yeah. man. At first, I was on her side, but, like, Same. honestly... The honestly, this whole case, I was trying to be like, yeah, yeah, no, she was murdered, this is fucked. But honestly, I, I, I don't think so. I think this is bullshit. This I whole case seems like bullshit. Insane. Yeah, I don't know I how she... she... Was in, I, I think she was insane, and she she got herself into a situation that she couldn't get out of this time. I don't want to know exactly why she got fired from the job with kids. Facts. That's a, that's a great... Yeah, I didn't, were, they I not, were they not comfortable with her being around the kids anymore? Yeah. And if so, why? Because she's probably yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. And the, the fact she died from an overdose of morphine, which when all the prior incidents, they never found... There was no morphine! Yeah. There was no yeah. drugs injected into her, but they did find injection points. Which is weird, yep. you know. It's like how long like, does morphine stay in the system? Yeah, that's uh, uh, a great question. Exactly gonna ask that. Google that shit. Very good question. Uh, Arizona. Yeah, they found yeah. needle marks in her arm every single time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Morphine has a half life of twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so it's out of your system, mad fucking quick. Right? Yeah, it's quick. very quick. Very it quick. Totally makes sense. Oh, you feel the effects of morphine in 20 to 30 minutes. Mm. The half-life is 24 hours. It'll be out of your system in two to three days. Yep, no, totally makes sense. So it does make sense. Needle marks. And they couldn't find shit shit every single time. Mm -hmm. Yo, maybe she's just a drug addict, yo. Yeah, a fucking drug addict. A paranoid drug addict. No, because, dude, hella people are addicted to morphine because that should be, like, hitting. It's interesting because, you know, whenever you look her up, you only see pictures of her from when she was young. Young, yeah, you you don't see any of the older pictures. I wonder how weathered and crackhead she looked. Probably hella because white people, like, age like rotten milk. Like, no offense, you know, but... But they do, and she was in her 40s. You're, you're going to be fine, though, Greg, because yeah, no, black. You're fine. Because the black in you. Yeah. And the 13% yeah. is going to pull through. You're not a, You're not yeah. going to crack until 50. You know, Greg, we're yeah. not going to let you crack. You understand, sir? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stem cells, Greg. Stem Please cells. Please take that goddamn Kratom. Yeah, all right. So, dude, for for real, though, we've got through this case, and this case was fucking... This is absolutely insane. This is a good case. This is one of the this is one of the fucking re- most retarded cases I've ever. Okay, this is one of the most ridiculous cl- cases I've ever, yeah. I've ever fucking seen. I like uh, I, I genuinely enjoyed hearing about the stupidity, but it makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, she. And I'm gonna love posting on Twitter about the details again and saying that the police ruled it a suicide, or accidental suicide or whatever. Um, and I'm gonna be like, yeah, we agree. Yeah, this is people are gonna. Be like, what? <laughs> this is a landmark. <laughs> yeah. You, the first time we like, yeah, the cops like might have gotten it right. It's because yeah, the they brought in the right, Royal but... Mountain Police, you know. Uh, yeah. This maple leaf love him. They brought in the James Bonds. The, the James uh, Bonds. What do they call it? M16. <laughs> like the Canadian M16. The MI Maples. <laughs> MI6. That's yeah. right. MI6. Yeah. <laughs> maple. I six, yeah. Maple Crazy. ice six. Maple Isis. That's all they got there. Maple <laughs> and ice. The maple Isis. Canada. Oh, and ketchup yeah. chips. Shout out. Those joints actually get mad hard. Poutine. A oh, poutine that you fire too. Anyway, besides all that, thank you for listening to the crazy, insane story of Cindy James. 
So what do you think? Was it a murder? Was it an accidental death slash suicide? Did Cindy go too far? Was this all in her head? Was she literally insane? Let us know. As always, be yourself, have fun, and stay alive, motherfuckers.